Welcome back to the show. Today, the episode is what the f***. We're going to talk through, I don't know if I'll call them the worst or maybe the most surprising or just genuinely the most what the f*** moments that you and I have seen in many years. I mean, it took a lot of time to narrow down the stories that we were going to tell here because I'm assuming we have multiple of these instances per yeah. day, right? But I like to think these are the ones that have a little bit of all the elements. The surprise factor, the really what the f factor, right? How much they got me angry, right? Or even yeah. in some instances, sad, right? Or I guess, I guess, uh, laughing at it too, right? I, well, most times I can't help but laugh at myself, at the situation, at whatever's going on. I think that's kind of a part of this. So maybe I'll just throw one out here to get it started. Please, so, get us, get us this started. Is, this is one of my favorite stories just because uh, it was genuinely terrifying and hilarious at the same time. So I was showing a multi-unit in Lincoln Park, which is, you know, a developed part of the city. It's not like we're out in the boonies somewhere, right. but we're getting through three of four floors in this unit. And the owner is showing me this very nice old man. We get to the stairwell leading from the third floor to the first floor, fourth floor, excuse me. And he says, I don't go up there. Uh, interesting. I was doing a video too for a client, so I was going to go up there and film it. I said, well, why don't you go up there? And he yeah. said, oh, haunted. <laughs> so I can't tell with you. a straight face. Straight face. Very serious. Yes. Not kidding. The hair on my neck stood straight up. <laughs> so I was like, okay. I had to film it. So I went up solo. The only thing on the entire fourth floor was one single chair facing a set of windows, which was creepy enough for me. I had the phone like through the floor. I'd probably run at that point, oh. if I'm being honest. He, I've never to this day, I can't think of a more bone chilling moment of someone delivering news so deadpan because he was very sure that that was a haunted floor. I want to know how he knew it was haunted. I, I didn't ask. That's a good question. Yeah. I think in the moment I was too frazzled. Like, I also was debating like, do I now tell my clients that it's haunted? I mean, it's one man's opinion. Is that fact? Do I take that as faith? I think you got to tell him it's haunted. At that I did. I told him he told me it's haunted. Or then you can maybe go through some type of remediation thing as well, too. I'm sure there's some ghost hunters out there. I haven't been through a real estate exorcism yet. You can try something like that. Try it. Uh, yeah. Make it a part of the contingency process. Now, this, this, the, the chair kind of scares me a little bit, right? <laughs> it was like, faced very intentionally one direction. Now, I do wonder to this day, was he just f***ing with me? Did he done enough showings? That he planned for it. He's like, I'm going to get this guy. Like, I'm going to put a single chair. I'm going to tell him it's haunted. It's going to scare the shit out of him, which it did. Or is that actually what was happening, which is 10 times scarier? <laughs> I don't know which one's scarier, for being honest. Because if he's just messing with you, he's kind of a nut, too, right? <laughs> which makes me think he has a re Like, he... He well, knows exactly <laughs> why it's haunted, right? Like, he's the reason why it's haunted would be my guess. That's you true. Know? That's very true. So yes, my, my what the f moment was, I do I tell somebody that this is haunted? In Illinois, believe it or not, you, you know, disclosure over whether or not something is haunted or somebody's died in a property. Uh, I mean, the way it works is basically if I know about it and you ask me about it, I have to tell you. I That's can't lie to you, but it, yeah. it's not something that you're just going to find. Home is haunted on a traditional Illinois disclosure. So you did mention you brought this to your client, right? I did, yes. Now, 
did he buy it? He didn't buy it. He didn't buy it? No, no. Was this haunting one of the things. qualifiers? We couldn't work in the budget how much a haunting would, would cost to fix, so it was just too much. <laughs> I don't think seances are that cheap these days. <laughs> you know? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not touching it. I'm not advising on it. I don't have a referral for it. Wow, well, that is a fun what the f moment, right? It's a good one. Now, mine, I would just want you to picture me saying what the f because I said that audibly when this happened. Okay, but that's what we're going for. Now, this is actually, this happened at a closing table, okay? And this was a number of years ago, actually. And what people don't know is we verify their employment up front. Yeah. But we also verify their employment as they're approaching closing as well, too. So, and I'm assuming you can see where this story is going, but we're sitting there at closing. And we, we, you know, we signed through the first couple documents. We've gotten this long way. They've put their wire in. We looked at the CD, and it was that morning that they were re-verifying that guy's employment. Okay, and sure enough, we get a call from the title rep. I do that they're having problems with underwriting. I'm like, well, that's that's a little odd. We're clear to close. Not out. what you want to hear. Not what you want to hear, especially when you're there. Yeah. Right. So, I give my underwriter a call. She expressed to me that she just got their verification of employment back and that that gentleman was no longer employed with his employer. At all. At all. And then not that he was fired or terminated, he quit. What? He quit his job. So I put the phone down and, you know, for the sake of the story, let's just call him John. I go, John. What's going on at work? And he dropped his pen. He turned white. Okay. And then that was very, very strict comparison to his wife that turned red that was sitting right next to him. Okay. And he said, I quit my job yesterday. Oh, no. And I go, well, John, oh, no. in order to qualify for the home loan, I kind of need to have you working. Long story short. He took another job while he was doing this. We were able to close under his new job, but two weeks later. Once he had income verified. Once we were able to verify the income, once we were having an underwritten, and once we were able to kind of cross off all those items. Yeah. But it was a very stressful afternoon for that gentleman. Okay. Right? So I guess, the, I guess really the lesson here is to not quit your job until you close. Just two days later, you would have been fine. Like two this. days later. And then also maybe talk to some of your maybe talk to some of your team members before you do a giant change on something like that. I have clients sometimes who will ask me every step of the way, you know, should we do this or is this the right thing to do? And sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I should really be answering this. But then other times when I hear stories like this, this is why it's better to ask first. Yes. <laughs> and yes. then to just do. Just ask. Uh, you know, because here's the thing. Uh, We're gonna find out. Right? You're going to find out. There's nothing falling between the cracks when you're trying to get a mortgage, you know? There's nothing that we're not going to find out. So it was, a, it was a learning experience, I guess, for all of us at that point. But it was definitely one of my top what the f moments. Because as you can imagine, I did say it audibly at that closing table. Well, that, you know, speaking of falling through the cracks, I have another what the that comes to mind. I switched up pretty perfectly. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> I, uh, this goes back a few years. Um, I have clients that hunt for rehab projects. And a lot of times we look at buildings that are in less than ideal shape, yes. even decrepit shape or like 
borderline condemned state. Maybe hazmat suit. You're Some of them require like a waiver. You know, if you get injured while touring this property, we're not liable type deal. So, I mean, you know what you're getting into sometimes. But yeah. we always ask, you know, what level of uh, updating is this property going to need? How much? Is it structural? Is it a gut rehab? You know, so we generally have a good idea going in. But in this one, the agent really couldn't answer any questions. They hadn't been inside. They were like, look, you can go see it. I haven't been there. I don't know if they weren't in Illinois or what, but they had very little information, no interior photos. Whatever, we get there, we go with the contractor, we're on site, we're walking through. House needs a lot of work. I don't know if a fire happened or what, but something happened in this house. It was like, it was destroyed. But not to the point where it looked structurally unsound. So we felt okay going through. Walk up the stairs. Walk right upstairs. Yeah. Creaking a little bit, but okay. Contractor's a bigger guy, so he went last. <laughs> I was, I send, was him up, send him up first. first. Send him up first. That way he could test the water. So my client and I are first. We got to the top of the stairs, and we both stepped at the same time and heard a creak that was louder than anything we'd heard the rest of the day. And he looked at me, and I looked at him, and at that time, we both fell through the floor. Jeez Louise. Thankfully, not all the way, because I didn't want to have a 10 to 12-foot fall. But we did fall into each other and then leaned on each other with one foot through the wood, and the contractor had to pull us out of the floor. And I, so my first thought was, oh, shit, they're going to make me pay for that because I just broke their floor. Yep. Then my next thought was, no, I just fell through their floor. <laughs> <laughs> what the f no, this isn't my fault. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we did not buy that property. Um, buy whoever did, I hope that they redid the floors. This wasn't the same gentleman that had to deal with the haunted floor as well, too, was it? <laughs> <laughs> no, thank goodness. Can you imagine? Because he's just out of the process. Just, at I that think point. at that point it'd be like two strikes. I'm, I'm not looking for a third. renter. Yeah, rent. So what was the recourse then? Did you just let them know, hey, the floor is You know, pretty down? surprising. So mentally, I'm like amping up. I'm like, I'm going to call them. I'm going to tell them we felt the floor. They're going to be pissed, right? This just happened. I called. I said, you won't believe this. We got to the top of the stairs. My client and I took one step, and our foot went through the floorboards. She said, oh, I'll have to let the next showing know. <laughs> that was it. She's like, let me get a comb. <laughs> I, to this day, I think she might have known. Like, it probably was a little unsafe. She's like, let me get a comb. I don't yeah. know. Well, I guess this next story, my, my client's more, um, I don't want to say the floor broke, but they definitely had the floor fall off from under. Fair right? enough. And this wasn't really a what the f moment for me. This was a what the f moment for them. Okay. And again, this was sitting at a closing table. It's always right? at the closing table. It's always at the closing table. Last second. Everything's supposed to be done. And that being said, the loan was processed and underwritten just fine. Okay. <laughs> You've done a great job. You did a great job. But, you know, some of the things that are cleared or, I guess, handled at the closing table are things like some addresses that are showing up on the credit report, as well as name aliases. It's title, right? Like the title office clears. Correct. They're any... going through all this stuff or what's right. on your credit report, too, that right. will find like name aliases. So at that point, you're just going to sign an affidavit. Hey, listen, this could be, this isn't me, but, you know, this For is why For the sake I of their it. title, this could be. Correct. Yeah. yeah. This was an instance where we had a daughter buying a house and her parents were co-signing. Mm -hmm. So all three of them were present for the closing. And the first little snafu that we had was dealing with addresses. And we had seen some addresses on the mom's credit report that we had asked about her at closing. Now, when we asked about those at the closing, I just saw her husband very slowly start to look at her. Okay. And it wasn't a look of excitement or of happiness. He was a little ir irritated. Okay. 
after we got to that point of the after she we dealt with all the addresses he very calmly goes to her i thought i said no on those properties and then her face just turned red <laughs> right so it turns out they were looking at an investment property you know opportunity a number of years ago and i believe it was in the cayman islands okay and at that point out of nowhere he said no to these deals. She went and formed an LLC with her other friends, and they went and bought these properties. <laughs> Regardless of what he wanted. Correct. Without him knowing, she used all her money, but again, like she just kind of did it under the table. That's right? amazing. No. Not for him. Not for him, but it turns out that it turned out to be a great investment. <laughs> so it was like he was upset, but he couldn't be too mad because he ultimately made the right call. That's great. right. So at that point, he's a little irritated. Okay. Now, one that isn't so like. But still proceeding, right? Still, still proceeding. Forward. They're still married. Okay. okay. They're still buying okay. the house. Now, and that's not more than 10 minutes after that. Okay. Outside of addresses, we also will look up name aliases as well, too. Yep. And we got to the dad, and one of the name aliases was with the surname of his previous wife. Of which his daughter did not know so as we're going through the names it's not now the dad giving an angered look at the mom it's the daughter now giving a very irritated look at the dad because she's now finding out in front of everybody that he that he had a a family beforehand oh my god that he was married and had kids and mom was in the noise mom knew the daughter did not know uh. So then at this point, this, this, this poor guy finds out one that his wife had gone off and bought all these properties. Made some great investments. Made some great investments, though. I got to give it that. And then two, we're kind of like, we're kind of ousting him that he had this entire life before his daughter that she had no idea about. Who says real estate doesn't bring people together? So at that point, no joke, man. He turned to me. He's like, Derek, what the f***? <laughs> he said that to me right to my response was like hey listen like this is not my fault right like you guys may have this is not a custom Derek questionnaire yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah we to the point where we literally asked if they wanted us to leave the room we're like do you guys want us to leave the room here for a little bit they needed a minute i think to deal with that and That's so ridiculous. that they so that they left so that we left to give them kind of a couple minutes and then we got came back in and and get carried on the closing but that, as you can imagine, was my most uncomfortable closing. I, I would die. I can't. I can't imagine being in their shoes. I can't imagine being in your shoes. Imagine being the title officer trying to manage the closing in that situation. I mean, just two major life like things. There's so many layers to that. At one point, all the professionals in the room are thinking, "Are we going to close this deal today, or are we all going home unpaid?" The second level is, is this family going to make that out of here in one piece today? <laughs> I just can't imagine the car ride home after that closing. Awkward. Like, I hope they drove separate. <laughs> I hope they drove separate too. Wow. That was a bizarre one for me. When you say that, that brings me to another story. Uh, there are just some moments in your career that stand out very vividly, maybe just because there visually a lot was going on. but. I had an investor client um, live down in Tennessee and he was buying properties really all around Chicago land, a lot of single family home properties that he was renovating. And then he would either rent them out or he would get them refinanced uh, and then, you know, sell them down the line. 
So we were under contract on a, a total fixer upper on the west side. I mean, when we bought it, we knew it was vacant, needed work, but still in good shape, had solid bones. Two weeks later, not even two weeks, 10 days, I think, I go back with a contractor to do a walkthrough so that we can scope out the work he's gonna do. And when we got there, the door to the back was open, which it shouldn't have been. A jar is the right word. It looked as if somebody had forced it ajar, but it was yeah. open. They might have done like a forced push into it. Then. So I'm with my contractor is a big guy, he's six foot five. We weren't real worried that anybody in the home was gonna cause violence towards us. So it was like, okay, let's just see. I feel comfortable with the six five. Let's go check it out, right? So we walk through the back door, we go look in the kitchen, immediately, immediately told, we could tell something was wrong. Every inch of the walls in this home were graffitied. Every inch was graffitied, gang tagged, signs, people wrote names, people put penises, people put you name it, it was on the wall. Some cell phone numbers. This is the crazy thing. So where you came in the back, you came in actually into the kitchen. So the first thing I noticed is the oven had exploded, like out of the oven had exploded. I think it was coming out of winter, it was still kind of chilly. I think they lit a fire in the oven to stay warm because the heat wasn't on. Uh... And believe it or not, if you light a fire in your oven, it's not meant to be a fireplace. So no, it does, does explode not, no. more than likely or melt. Connected the gas. But the big damage, and this is the thing that both my contractor and I stood aghast, and I'm gonna have to look at photos, see if I can upload one, but the second floor had collapsed through to the first floor. They had somehow done something upstairs and run enough water where they had actually gotten through the trusses and rotten them through, and the floor collapsed through all wow. the way into the living room. So this home went from being something that probably needed $100,000 worth of work when we bought it or when we went under contract to, I mean, worth land value. It was worth nothing. And the what the moment is, when we found all this, thankfully nobody was in the home. So we didn't, you know, I mean, we called the police to file a report and things, but there was nobody there to deal with. But I called the list agent. And I kid you not on the phone, the list agent called the owner and got us all on a conference call. And he said, tell him what you just told me. And I walked him through the damage I saw. It was silence. And then the owner said, what the? <laughs> nobody had any idea this had happened no neighbors had called them nobody had checked on the property the list agent hadn't been there in the 10-day period nobody had been in the house to notify the owner this was happening and we had to call him like look i mean obviously we're gonna cancel <laughs> so we don't love this place uh yeah. it's not for us they tried really briefly it was like well could we try to renegotiate and i said i will send you photos there's no negotiate we need a bulldozer and land value yeah Wow. Yeah. That sucks for that guy. Terrible, too. dude. I felt bad for the owner. I felt bad for my investor. I felt bad for everyone who had to clean that place up. I mean, it, what we found out later from the police is that a lot of the gang signs that were there were affiliated with a, a local gang on the west side. And so it's entirely likely that they just sort of tucked it up and that was a place where they were either staying or doing some legal activities. They, you know, this is a fair warning, I guess, for people who have vacant properties that it is in your best interest not to let the local community know it's vacant because people do target vacant. I mean, it sounds like a fun party. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure they had a great time for two days. Fun enough that they collapsed the floor, right? right? It's like a Project X party, but... I mean, it would be pretty cool to have a wall of graffiti in your house, right? It, to some extent, I was like, huh, this could be an interesting, like, man cave idea. Right, like a, like a, a yeah, artist. like you come yeah. in and yeah. you kind of, like, you refurbish it from that point, but right. you leave some of the graffiti up right. and running. Well, and paint's cheap, but they just graffitied the place. We could have just 
repainted it, but it's the rest of the damage, fire and water. And now we got mold and we got smoke damage and we got, you know, collapsed floors. So we got to redo structural things. And yeah, it's a whole, that was a nightmare. That was truly a what the f nightmare. Gosh, dang. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, mine isn't as, uh, my, you know, my next one would more or less just kind of like, as you were fair warning people with vacant properties, I'm more fair warning people here that are doing their due diligence shopping around. Yeah. Right. So obviously, especially given the market right now, there's a lot of bullshit out there in terms of too much. offers, advertisements, all that jazz. Yeah. And the consumer, as anyone would, they're trying to do anything to get that upper edge or to save on that dollar, whatever it may be. But what I'm running into now is a lot of lenders that when they're providing loan estimates, mm -hmm. they're only quoting lender fees. They're not quoting all the third-party stuff. They're not quoting attorney fees. They're not giving a full-encompassing quote for what that person's going to incur. Now, I've seen this before with lenders, so I won't name names, but when I see online lenders, for example, that are not local to Cook County or Chicago, they don't know about Cook County transfer taxes or the way that we do things that are different from the rest of people, right? You know, they're plugging your address in their system and they're just using whatever it spits right. out. Right. And they're just assuming that all systems are the same or universally close enough. So I had a, I had a transaction where, you know, I've been working with this person for quite some time and, you know, of course they're under contract and then their, their, family friend comes out of nowhere. Right. Ooh. Family friend. Or uncle. <laughs> their uncle's family friend. Right. I'm like, what the <laughs> f So. I get this quote, okay, which is like a snippet, okay, yeah. and they had originated. They screenshot. Yeah, they had, yeah, they, they, they have like a screenshot PDF. He's like, yeah, their costs are just much lower than yours by about five thousand dollars, and I'm like, I'm like in this day and age, like we're not that far off from anybody, right? So I'm like, let me see, and within seconds, I knew why we were off by five thousand dollars. It's because they didn't quote them title, they didn't oh. quote them transfer tax. And they didn't quote them their attorney fee, which is roughly about $5,000 right there. Now, see, imagine the alternative of this. Two things come to mind. Number one, this is why you always get bids when you're talking with lenders, right? right? Particularly if the lender you started with wasn't referred to you. If you just got a quote somewhere, your next conversation should be with the lender that you got referred to. So that you 100%. can like, fact check it. Like, but hey, imagine that lender hadn't done that. What, two weeks before closing, they're about to be cleared to close and they're going to get their final numbers, or maybe even two days before closing, they're going to get final numbers and go, hey, what's this $5,000 delta? Yeah. And, you know, the guy between you and I, the guy was kind of a d about it. Yeah. So I kind of just did the whole, hey, I'll let him learn. Yeah. Right? Because where he's coming from, we're $5,000 more in fees. Right. But what he doesn't know is that I'm quoting him every single fee that he's going to incur. Right. Right. So things like title weren't on that original quote. You know what he's for sure going to be paying at closing? Title. Yeah. Transfer stamps wasn't on that quote. Absolutely going to be on. You know what he's going to be on there? Right. Transfer stamps. So I guess word to the wise here is to one, be cognizant of who you're looking at when you're doing your due diligence. Yeah. But also like if you have a relationship with somebody, bring it to him. Let them look at it. Yeah. Right. Because I'll transparently look at any quote. I'll show you where ours is better, but I'll certainly look at any quote. Right? Absolutely. Because in my point of view and in where I'm sitting from, if you're not quoting me $5,000 in cost right off the bat, 
that I'm going to incur, what else are you going to mess up? Right. Right. Like where else is this going to be an issue? Yeah. If if we're stumbling out the gate, it's that's like a contractor coming in and bidding you a thousand dollars. But then when they do the work, it's twenty five hundred. Right. Who wouldn't be pissed in that situation? It's like, what you- Give me the person who shows me three grand and then it costs me twenty five hundred. Love them. Right. That's a much better. Approach. Love them. But you, that, that's two different ways of maintaining your professional self, I think. It's bizarre, right? Yeah. It's bizarre. But, you know, that being said, what I'm coming to realize, at least just during this, is we're always going to encounter these situations. Oh, right? these come up all the time. Well, and they'll just be different what the f*** in the future, right? I mean, there's the nature of it is we do something that's highly emotional and emotional. it's tied to people. A lot of money. People give you a lot of what the f*** moments. <laughs> you add some money into the mix and it's like, damn. I've learned to laugh it off a little bit, right? It's often in the moment, particularly when somebody's saying something like, this is haunted or I quit my job or whatever. You're like, what, what do I do f- with info? What the yeah. f-? But I do think looking back on it later, it's usually a learning moment to some extent. And it's funny. It's, it's like always so, funny, right? Almost always we can find <laughs> a way through it. And we get you know, always going to be funny. Yeah. Right. You can't laugh at yourself. What are you doing? So not going to do too well if you can't laugh at yourself here, right? Well, we'll definitely do this again because obviously we could sit here for days and talk. I could shoot one tomorrow. Yeah. I could shoot one tomorrow. And I'm sure we'll have more stories by the end of the week. Yeah. Yeah. So Uh, thank you for checking this out. Like, subscribe, follow if you're looking for more great real estate content. Derek and I will be back for the next episode. Take care and talk to you soon. Thanks, man.